Alrighty, hi, howdy, and hello, and welcome to Death Apology, brought to you by Radio Paul. And I'm going to start off with a little story, because I remember in, like, the third grade, my teacher's friend, or, like, friend of a friend, came in to talk before um, going to climb Mount Everest, and we got a few updates here and there, but I never heard the end of it. And personally, I also think it's been climbed enough, and there are so many, like, paid tours or whatever that... Like going up Mount Everest isn't really an accomplishment, um, but I I thought that was an interesting thing because yeah. today's episode topic is about Mount Everest. Um, also, I didn't know it until we were doing research for it, but April is the most popular month for climbing Mount Everest because of oh. like it's just warm enough, and it's also right before the rain season. We were like somehow picked the right month then for this. <laughs> Yeah, we we chose, it was predestination, because we chose uh, this topic out, like, in December, maybe. Yeah. So, my fun fact of the week is, I managed an A on my economics midterm, somehow, some way. And also, I kind of agree with Misha that I feel like it has been overclimbed. So, one of the things you can do if you want, if you're, like, a mountain person, is to climb other mountains in the areas that are a little bit less dangerous, and it also supports the Nepal economy without just going to there because there are a lot of less dangerous mountains mm. that are also safer to climb puts the sherpa in less danger yeah. i don't know i feel like there's a certain personality of like mountain climbers that is really unappealing to me like personally yeah i was going to ask you so like i'm personally am like a thrill seeker but i have a limit mm. so like i like zip lining i like stuff where i know i'm going to be a hundred percent safe but yeah, I will get an end point. Th- there is an end point. Like mm. I, I'm not putting personally, like this is not me judging anyone, but I personally don't want to like leave my loved ones worried with what I'm doing when I'm doing it. Yeah. If that makes sense. That's fair. Uh, I'm not really like a thrill seeker at all. Yeah. <laughs> I've like not really liked thrill rides, like even from kind of a young age. Is it like every ride? Is it like the spinny rides and the coasters or is it just everything like it's like if it's like super fast motion that bothers you. So uh, there's something called uh, Hog Haven every year in Kewanee, Illinois, and it's like a bike race, but also they have like a little carnival. Yeah, yeah. yeah. One time, um, and it's like it's known for like pork chops and that kind of stuff. We Ooh. ate before going on rides, and I threw up. And it was Do you think that like this <laughs> poverty sense? Like I just I get motion sick really easily. It's just like it runs in the family. Yeah. And I don't know. Like whenever I think of being thrown around, I think of vomiting, and it's just yeah. The only things I don't like is the wooden coasters because you can hit your head really easily because it shakes so much. Oh really? Yeah, I I hit my head on a coaster. I couldn't do the rest of the rides, and it was salty because I had uh, my head was ringing all the time. Ouch. Thankfully, I didn't have like a concussion. It was just my head was just r- a little ringy. Oh, also, I don't think we said it, but my name's Misha, by the way. Oh yeah, my name's <laughs> Jeffrey. Yeah, 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 yeah. For the first <laughs> time, and have no idea who we are. Yeah, so today we're going to be talking about, like we said, Mount Everest. Um, to start, we're going to be talking about climate concerns, like with the mountain. So, in an article by E360 Digest, um, the highest glacier in the world is quickly melting as the Earth's temperature continues to rise. So, the highest glacier is on Mount Everest called the South Coal Glacier. It is atop Mount Everest and has been covered by snow, which reflected the sun away from the ice underneath. It has been, uh, the snow has melted, which is exposing the glaciers to the sunlight and heat, like the glacier's ice. It is leading to rapid thinning of the ice. They measured this by, um, they took part of the ice and 
so they they wrapped like tape around it and they also like drilled a little bit inside and these past records of the ice from like the 90s and the 70s and they used satellite imagery so by measuring all of these they could tell that from past records of the glacier that since the 90s there has been like half of the ice of its original sizes left mm. and a lot of that happened during the 90s surprisingly like in that 10 year span that's when most of the melting happened because like while we're still polluting we have taken some steps to combat the carbon a bit so it's helped the glacier a bit but it's still thinning because we're not doing enough um the south pole glacier melting is an ominous sign for 200 million people who live in or near the highlands of asia who depend on the mountain glaciers so they usually slow melt during certain seasons and so the water trickles down from the mountain which they use as a fresh water source because it's melting so quickly it's not melting properly it's turning into sublim uh, sorry i'm gonna say this wrong i think it's sub- sublimation Sublim- I don't sublimation know. yeah sorry i can't say that word um because that's happening it's evaporating so quickly it's not melting it's just like mm. it's just going away like so fast not like how it's supposed to and yeah, it's causing, because of this, the weather patterns on Mount Everest are becoming way more dangerous. So there's a lot more storms. Um, there are more avalanches. And the climbers who have been preparing for a Mount Everest climb are expecting snow and ice. But as mm-hmm. more snow and ice has melted away, they're now exposing, exposed to bedrock, which is a, compl- you need different equipment. Like it's not like, or a different strategy. So it's changing how people also climb Mount Everest. Mm. And in an article from Mulvaney just last year, they say the researchers argue that the ice loss is likely greatly accelerated by a process called sublimation, which in in which snow and ice evaporate without transitioning through a liquid water phase. Sublimation is common in climates that are cold and dry, particularly at high altitudes, but which experience a lot of sunlight and strong winds. All boxes ticked by the southern southern face of Everest. End quote. And because snow has such a light color, it like easily reflects sunlight, um, and ice is darker, so it absorbs more solar radiation, and the melting process is more intense. And then, in an article from Brewer, same year, uh, it mentions that commercialization is like really polluting Mount Everest, and climbers have like just put so much like trash on there, like oxygen tanks and tents and leftover like food wrappers that kind of stuff um and another like big issue is that it's a really like million multi-million dollar business i would say yeah like employs a ton of people with like tourism agencies that come through nepal or in nepal and covid like hurt a lot of nepal's because a lot of nepal because tourism was really low and the melting glaciers are also, like, they're both two, like, strong factors that are... Yeah, this is a hard thing to talk about because, like, while we want to encourage people to not put a lot of Sherpa in danger, it's also one of the few... Because the people in Nepal don't make a lot of money, so a lot of the economics come from the mountain. So while we can say, like, oh, don't go to Mount Everest until there's an alter- alternative, do you know mm. what I mean? It's kind of not viable for those working in the tourism industry other areas because there's not a lot of economic opportunity so i think before we do that we need to open up more economic opportunities there as well Mm. yeah another issue is bodily harm so an article from business insider in 2022 and bbc in 2019 different ailments and ways to die on everest include but are not limited to brain cell death 
as one enters the death zone where the oxygen is not an ideal level for humans. Brain swelling due to lack of oxygen causing nausea, vomiting, and impaired reasoning. Coughing impaired sleep and weight loss due to the lack of oxygen. You're also at risk of developing frostbite or even gangrene in the worst scenarios. So there was a story about a Sherpa who had two Pakistani tourists with him and they refused to turn back. What ended up happening was they went too far and they he got frostbite on both his hands. Mm. So they they thought they were going to have to amputate his hands, which means he couldn't work anymore. And he was the breadwinner that was, you know, you make so much money there. But thankfully, he got fundraisers so he could get a surgery that wasn't just hacking his hands off. Like, they were able to do stuff. It, it still caused a lot of damage to him, but at least he's not fully amputated. Also, um, most popular causes of death from um, Everest from 2010 and 2018 are avalanches, mountain sickness, exhaustion, and falls. That is, like, such an awful way to go, I feel like. Yeah, and the scary part is there's going to be more avalanches because of the climate change. And also, like... There's also, like, specific parts in the mountain, like you said, the death zone. Like, those ice fall zones are just so dangerous, too. Yeah, the death zone is called the death zone just because, like, uh, there's less oxygen up there. Yeah, there's also the ice zone, which because yeah. there's, like, icicles and they fall because it melts there a lot. Just want to clarify that those are two separate sections. Yeah, yeah. Just in case. Um, also, there's, there's a website called the Himalayan Database, which tracks all expeditions that have been attempted to climb any of the Himalayan mountain region, including Mount Everest, and currently has records from t- 1905 to 2022. It updates biannually, and it is free to the general public. Fun fact. So this is not a fun fact, but did you know like the first person to climb Mount Everest was a woman and her p- climbing partner, but the climbing partner was a Sherpa, and he didn't get recognition. So she got, like, official recognition, and he just got an award. So, like, one of the issues with Sherpa is he should have gotten official recognition alongside her. Like, even though he got a medal yeah. later on, it should have been, like, officialized. Um, an article from 2023 from Wikipedia. So, like, there is a Wikipedia list for deaths that have occurred on Mount Everest with over 300 people on there as of April 21st when it was last updated. There have been three deaths this year as of the 12th, who were on a Imagine Nepal expedition. Yeah, so in an article from the Philippine Inquirer, it says, quote, the trio were crossing the treacherous Kumbu ice fall on Wednesday as a part of a supply mission when a block of glacial ice fell and swept them into a deep crevice. They gave up trying to recover the remains two days after the death occurred and on the same day that the group reached the summit. Um, and the article goes on to state that about one-third of all Mount Everest deaths are Sherpas, uh, like guides that take other people up the mountain. And this year there have been 243 climbing permits for Everest approved by the Nepalese government. All right, well, imagine how much money they make because it's 11K for each permit. Right. Not, not including the Sherpa. Right. Not including other fees, not including the climbing equipment. They probably had to buy there because I don't know if you can ship all that climbing equipment. Like, Yeah. And on the Imagine Nepal Instagram page, they state that, again, all three were Sherpas. Uh, quote, we are deeply saddened by the sudden loss of our young Sherpa brothers, Dawa Seri Sherpa, Pempa Tenzing Sherpa, and Lakparita Sherpa on April 12, 2023. Um, they were the first, to, the first of our team to reach Camp 2 where they dropped rope and were descending below Camp 1 when the Surex above the trail fell and took their young lives in the, in the ice fall. 
Uh, they remained buried under they remained buried under the debris of hard ice and snow despite risky efforts to recover the bodies. These individuals were the breadwinners of their family, and they were gone in the blink of an eye. And on an earlier post, um, or two earlier posts, they announced that their 2023 Everest expeditions are fully booked. And in a separate memorial post, they say, uh, though the loss profoundly saddens us, we know that the world will go on and we will continue to carry on the tasks we were assigned for. Uh, I think the post was fine till they said that. Yeah, like that's just so... Like nonchalant. I think they were trying to assure their customers, but instead it came off as like they were just being dismissive to the family well, of the Sherpa. Like, all of the comments too are like rest in peace and all that kind of stuff. And all like, they had to say you was you guys are so brave and it's like it's not brave to climb Mount Everest anymore. You know. Like for Sherpas that are earning money for their families, yes, but for the people that are like paying to be guided up there. Uh, would you think it's brave if they did it by themselves without a Sherpa? I'm 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 advocating for that. No, I think it's that. stupid. Okay, <laughs> I just want, I just wanted to see your headspace. I wasn't advocating for either or. Yeah, <laughs> but before we get to the break, there was uh, an article from 2015, or a couple of articles um, that state that there were a large number of deaths during that particular year because of avalanches, where 19 people died on a single day as a result of an avalanche. Around 60 were injured, and nobody reached the summit in that year, which I thought was interesting. And a year prior, in 2014, 16 Sherpas died in an avalanche as well. So, with that, <laughs> we are a, we are like kind of right in the middle of our show set. So you're gonna hear a brief ad as well as a little song called "Don't Get Lost in Heaven" by the Gorillas. No, wait. It's fire coming out of the monkey's head. Yeah. I was like... Uh, So, so mixed up today. I'm so sorry. (laughs) Anyways, we'll see you back in a minute. I'm voting because I want to make sure that everyone feels welcome in our country. I vote because my parents can't. I vote because I really hate decisions being made without my input. I vote because I want to say in my future. I vote because I want my voice heard. I'm voting because the future of this city matters to me. I'm voting because everyone always talks about how bad things are. I want to make them better. I vote for the future. So, why do you vote? Tuesday, November 6th is midterm election day, and your vote is your voice. To find your polling place in Chicago, visit chicagoelections.com. This message was brought to you by Radio DePaul, Chicago's college connection. So now that we're back, are we talking about the harm to the Sherpas or the native guides of the area? So the Sherpa or a native ethnic group to Nepal who live on the border between Nepal and Tibet who are well known for their skills in mountaineering due to the skill they often work as tour guides and climbers on Mount Everest. But there's not a lot of regulation, so like on who can be a, like a mountain expediter. Like so only recently have they put in more regulations, but like anyone who was 
of a Sherpa. Like, people just thought Sherpa of the ethnic group could just climb mountains. So, oh. like, there was, like, this... I don't know what you would call it. Like, it is, ra- like, a racist assumption, but it wasn't, like, a negative stereotype. It was, like, this pot... Like, you know how like, people think... like Yeah, you know how people think Asians are just good at math? Yeah. And that's, like, like that's what I think about this. They're like, oh, well, you can climb a mountain, so you didn't have to prove anything. It's just like, oh, you're Sherpa. Like, because like, they're... They're, because they live in those mountains, they automatic, like a lot of them automatically have good physical endurance or mm-hmm. like physical like strong. Right. But a lot of them didn't have mountain training, so so like, you, you could have a Sherpa who you're like I'm not saying that like, you should climb, but like imagine you're paying like a thousand dollars for a Sherpa and they're not even trained, and that's who you're trusting your life. It's like like so now they've put regulation in for like them to go for training now, but also. From a Pressy article in 2018. When I read that name, I thought of Prezi, like the presentation. Mm. <laughs> the cost of getting a permit for the Nepalese government to climb Mount Everest is $11,000. And from last year, the permits that they got, I calculated while we were on break, they would have gotten just $2,673 from permits alone. Jeez. This does not include getting a Sherpa guide, additional fees, the equipment. So about... A third or 94 um, deaths have been Sherpa. By comparison, just 13 Americans. Um, like, deaths... I don't know, like, that quotes all the context. I don't know if it was a year thing or if it was, like... No, no, I think it's in general. Like, from up to this point of the article, there were 94 Sherpa, and the leading nationality of foreigners was Americans at 13. Interesting. So, and it's risen since then, but... um, Due to... Sorry have died on the mountain during the first real summit attempt in 1922 seven sherpas died in an avalanche another avalanche in 2014 took sh- uh took 16 sherpa lives and became the deadliest day on the mountain until the following year when a 7.8 magnitude earthquake hit nepal and killed at least 17 people at the everest base camp including seven sherpas while you may expect for more of the first time climbers to die more than sherpa mountain experts um, you, if you like, if, think about this. The more likely you put yourself in a dangerous scenario, it increases your odds. Even if like you get better at the mountain climbing, like you're just exposing yourself more to danger. Um, so the most da- most dangerous section is the Kumbu Ice Wall, which we talked about earlier. Um, so it's where house-sized slabs of ice hang and sometimes break off. Most foreign climbers pass through the ice fall just a few times, but Sherpas working on the mountain might make 15 to 20 trips through setting equipment and carrying gear. However, some Sherpas say that they would rather be a mountain guide than an ice fall doctor. So this is considered the most dangerous Sherpa job. They're usually the people that spend 16 hours a day on those dangerous paths, setting up like ladders and equipment. So... Many Sherpa feel they do not have a choice but to become mountain guides and work these dangerous jobs due to a lack of opportunity. Many of them lack education, and they earn $8,000 to $10,000 a year, which is 10 times more than the average Nepal salary. Many climbers have family members who are also Sherpa, and many lose loved ones in their line of work. So like this, late, so there was an interview with this guy. So his brother died, who was a Sherpa, but he's like a Sherpa, and he said... Basically, he's a Sherpa, so his future kids don't have to become one. So, like, he can afford their college. And his wife is a... his Not his wife, sorry. His sister is a widow of a Sherpa because his brother died. And now his sister is going to become a Sherpa. And even though he doesn't want her to be in danger, he said he's going to train her. So, like, there's less of a chance of anything happening. Mm. So, it's kind of, like... It's kind of... 
it's a bad thing if you have a sure thing, but if you're going to go into it, at least you have someone to train you, like, who's been through it, and you have a support system, because a lot of families aren't supportive of the line of work because of how dangerous it is, which makes sense, but... Yeah, I think, uh, like, the American equivalent would be, like, oil rig workers. Oh, yeah, lumberjack is pretty dangerous, too. Yeah, somewhere along those lines. Um, and so after the 2014 ice fall, um, there's been an imposition by the Nepalese government for guiding agencies to have policies on all Sherpa from at least ten to $15,000 for the guides' families. There are also fundraisers that are like being held because the sh- insurance is a very temporary solution. Yeah, it's like a year or two salary, so. Yeah, and helicopters are being used more often to ferry and are being required more for rescue operations with the rescuers being paid by their company and the government. Um, Other pushes are to climb from the somewhat safer northern face of Tibet and the more uh, technical training for guides who start their work due to like strength and endurance but don't necessarily have the the technical training as we were talking about. Um, There's also societal pressure for Sherpa guides, again, by the families to leave the profession and to find safer work. Um, And even if they want to do that, there's just such a struggle with the economy, like, for doing that. Um, While many guides have been born into climbing due to recent uh, tragedies, there are a lot of guides who are trying to, again, use their money to, like, prevent future generations from having to work such a dangerous job. They also have the, like, additional responsibility of, like, basically babysitting their clients, Um, like, making sure they get back safe, even if they aren't necessarily the most responsive types. Yeah. Um, It reminds me of a teacher, because, like, a teacher, like, if, like, like, an active shooter comes in, they have to put, like, their body in harm's way. Like, a sherp is opposed to... They don't have to. A lot of teachers talked about how it's expected of them to do so. Right, but they don't have to. Like, if I were a teacher? Yeah. Anyways, (laughs) I don't know if I'd be, like, willing to do that, to be honest. But I also don't want to be a teacher is the answer. Um but there have been cases of clients like leaving their Sherpa guides behind and if they're injured, yeah. Treating them poorly and uh, it's awful. But we're ending a little bit early today. That's interesting. Yeah, thank you for turning into Defropology brought to you by Radio Paul. Next week we're going to be discussing a book called The Last Doctor, released just last year. It covers the implementation of Canada's medical assistance in dying legislation. You can find us on Instagram and Tumblr at Defropology, D-E-A-T-H-R-O-P-O-L-O-G-Y, or contact us at defropology at gmail.com, same spelling. In the meantime, have a nice week. Yeah, I, I love uh, the medical assistance in dying because it uh, abbreviates to maid. That's <laughs> cute. Um, Rip Kurumi. Mm. Anyways, um... Yeah, that's, that's all we got for you this week, uh, if you can help it. And I think just by the demographics of our of our podcast, you probably won't anyways, but uh, don't climb Mount Everest. Yeah, climb another mountain instead, I don't know. Or don't climb at all. Whatever you want to do, I'm... So, um, anyways, if I tell you not to do something, you're more likely to do it, so... 
Anyways, goodbye. <laughs>